Well, welcome. We're not going to talk about football tonight, although there might be some of that later since my Denver Broncos are on Monday Night Football. Yes, I'll still enjoy a little bit of, of, of family gatherings, but I'm sure that you all have plans that's the, for the rest of the evening. There are traditions that you've had for years. And I know that I shared some of what I experienced in the bulletin that you have here this evening, and, uh, and we want this to be a special night. And being in church together to worship and to acknowledge the coming of the Christ child is a very special part of tradition, as well as the things we actually do during this service. So what I would like to do is invite the Lord Jesus Christ here in presence and to uh, enjoy our singing and our worship of him. So let's do so now. So Jesus, you are the hero of the night. You are the one that we are acknowledging came obedient to the heavenly father to come on behalf of us so that we could have peace and experience joy that comes uh, to us through the life-saving work that you provided on the cross. So now, Lord, we ask for your presence here among us, and that you'll take pleasure as you hear us sing of the story of you coming and putting on human skin. So, Jesus, I pray this in your name. Amen. I hear children in the room. And whenever you invite children on stage, you never know what may happen. Last service, we had a boy, there was about 50 kids up here, and there was a boy that just would not let me speak until I acknowledged that he had a bell in his hand that he got for his birthday, which is today. And so finally, it's like if I'd have known that that's all it would take to get him to be willing to listen to me, I would have started off much sooner saying, what do you have in your hand? But uh, he was so proud to show that bell. So I have no idea what's about to happen, but it's fun for me. Uh, it's, it's also fun for us. We get to compare notes every year. Remember that kid that did dot, dot, dot. And uh, so there's stories every year. So this is a fun moment for us uh, to do this. So now I'm going to invite those who are between the ages of three and eight years old to come up on stage and join me. Uh, so if you're between three and eight, you are welcome up here. You can come up the stairs on this side or over here. It does not matter. All right, you can kind of sit here and you can face me. Well, look at there. You guys have matching dresses. All right, can you guys hear me all right? All right, so... What makes Christmas the most fun is when you get the surprises later, right? And you don't know what's coming. You don't know what's going to be inside those gifts that you unwrap. And it's going to be a big surprise and a lot of fun to open it. Tonight, we are telling a story that was, quite frankly, a big surprise that nobody expected to happen. In fact, shepherds were just doing their job out in a field with a bunch of sheep when all of a sudden a lot of angels show up and one starts speaking to them and telling them that Jesus, the Messiah, was born in Bethlehem. Again, not expected. Big surprise. And they said, this is good news that we're bringing. So one of the things that comes with surprises is good news. A lot of surprises are good news. And you're going to get a lot of good news tonight and tomorrow morning as you get an opportunity to open gifts. And they're going to be fun surprises, and it's good news. 
I want to tell you about one of my favorite moments this past year that it was good news in my house. So one night while we were at the dinner table, we were praying to God that, that at some point we would get a puppy. Now God says we're to take everything to him. Have you ever prayed for a puppy? You really should start. Puppies are good for the house. You really should. If, if you don't have a puppy that, you know, yeah, your parents are going to have to step up. So that's all right. So anyway, we really like puppies. And in particular, yeah, I've got a lot of parents angry with me right now. That's, but I, I personally like these puppies that are called miniature schnauzers. They're, they're gray, and they have a little stripe on the back. And I grew up with one, and now I've, I've had three more since during my adult years. And last year, a year ago, my puppy died. And so we wanted another one just like that puppy. And so we, my wife said, you know, I really want one. So we prayed about it, and we were considering it. It's like, you know what? Now's not a good time for us to get a puppy because they cost a lot of money and we're going on vacation and we need to save our money for our vacation. So we decided we would wait so that we could save the money to go on our big vacation. And then the next day, so again, we prayed to God, God, we would love a puppy some point. The next day, I am not lying to you, I got a text message on my phone from somebody here in the church who did not know that my puppy had died a year ago, that did not know that we were praying for a puppy, and sent me a text message that said, do you know anyone who needs a four-month-old schnauzer puppy? <laughs> I mean, we told no one except for God, but this person texted us, would you know anyone that would want one? And we're like, me, me, right? <laughs> and so two hours later, we have a puppy. And so in the bulletin, when you go back to sit down, you can see a picture of our puppy with our family. But she, her name is Sophie, and she's a lot of fun. We enjoy her in our house. But she was a big surprise to us and good news. Tonight, what we're talking about is good news because the angel said to them that the reason why you have good news is because peace is coming to all mankind, both Jew and Gentile. But peace is something unique and usual in that, you know, when you're somebody that you're not happy with and, and maybe you don't have the best attitude or maybe you don't treat them so nice. Well, when you start treating each other nicely, that's where peace is. And so what Jesus brought is he was giving peace to all of us. That's his big gift because he wants you to have peace between him and God. And between you and God. And so that's the good news you guys are going to be hearing a lot about tonight and hopefully over the next 24 hours as we talk about Jesus and the peace he brings. So true to every year, what I like to do is I like to give you a gift before you leave the room. So as you're getting off the stage, there's a step over there and there's a step over here. I have my kids, my son and my daughter, they're going to give you some chocolate. Ooh. Now, what's important with chocolate is you wait to eat it when your parents say you can eat it. So when you get back, you can give your chocolates to your parents, and when they say it's okay to eat, then it's okay to eat, okay? And then you say, and when I get my chocolate back, can I also have a puppy? All right? 
All right, so there you go. All right, so what we're going to do is you're, you're, so I need probably from about here over, why don't you go down that step and the rest of you go that way and they'll give you a couple of chocolate bars, okay? Thanks for coming up here and Merry Christmas to you. This young lady just informed me that she is getting a puppy on Wednesday. Let's give her a hand. Her mom and dad gets parents of the year. Oh, you're already getting to open your presents tonight. See, we're already learning stuff here. You know, that song was written almost 25 years ago, and, uh, and it asks a very good question. You see, Mary may have known certain things that was going to happen in the life of that child, but only what the prophecies could tell her. There were, again, three to 400 prophecies, depending on how you look at the different ones that were about the Messiah, and it gives you clues as to what was going to happen in his life. Along the way, Mary was discovering things, especially in those first nine months, was, was discovering things as she went that were unexpected. I mean, imagine that you're, you're, you're betrothed to be married and unexpectedly an angel shows up. That's not an expectation any of us would have for our day. But beyond that, the message that was unexpected, which says you're going to have a child even though she'd never been with a man. And then the unexpected is that while she might know that this Christ child was going to be born in Bethlehem because of all the, the prophecies that spoke of it in the book of Micah. She did not know that when she would show up to Bethlehem that this child would not have a special place to be born. In fact, the child would be born in a stable, a place meant for an animal, not a place for a baby to be born. Those expectations were certainly something that were only realized after the fact, not by what she certainly thought would happen. And so as you go throughout the life of Jesus, Mary is discovering the pieces that are in between these prophecies as to how this Messiah was going to live, how this Messiah was going to be treated, how this Messiah was also going to die, and that the Messiah would ultimately come to life on the third day after a death. All of this were things to be re realized later. But in this moment of, being, of a child being born, she's discovering the uniqueness of how God is going to announce the uniqueness of this child. Shepherds are the ones that show up, not dignitaries. Later, then after much uh, quietness and so on, then there were dignitaries that came, but they were from afar, not from local. So then... To not go any further without some greater unexpectations. On the 40th day, past the moment of Jesus' birth, something happened that is highly unusual that would not be expected if you walked into a typical church service. You see, on the 40th day, they're called to go and do their purification post the birth of a child so that the child and mom can worship and be in the temple courts and considered pure. So about 40 days later, Mary is now heading from Bethlehem, just a, a few hours walk away, into Jerusalem to the temple to be purified. Then, as walking in the door, a stranger comes up to her and says something that was unexpected. That stranger's name is Simeon, and I'd like to read the story out of the book of Luke. 
Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who is righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he would see the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel." The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Such a strange message to receive when you're holding an infant child. You don't typically hear what's going to happen in the life of a child when you're dedicating them or when they are being purified by the rites that are being that are happening in this moment. But she receives what his life is going to be like in his adult years and receives what it will be like in his end. Imagine you're hearing this phrase, some will fall because of him and some will rise because of him. Imagine this, that's a statement to suggest that he is like the tip of a spear, that where the spear cuts, it either falls this way or arises that way. So that is what's going to happen with this child that is in her arms, is that he's going to be like a spear, that he will cut in and will cause some to fall and others to rise. Now, how is that going to look? Well, it's going to be different, but, but she's, being, she's hearing that this is going to happen. And as a result of some falling, you, can, you shouldn't be surprised that, the, that it's saying that he will also be spoken against. You see, not only are there going to be people that will bless him, but he will be spoken against because people are falling. They don't want to fall. They don't want to see themselves being, uh, 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 not meeting the standard that God establishes. And so what happens that causes them to realize this is that it says that Jesus will have the unique ability. Simeon says it. He'll have the unique ability to cause the revelation of the heart before everyone. You see, when he spoke, he could reveal the hearts of people. Most people live their lives not even taking notice of what's on the innermost parts of their being. But when you encounter somebody so perfect, somebody so powerful and so pure, it only goes to expose what's inside of you. So imagine you encounter this powerful teacher, this man who's performing miracles and who many are saying is the Messiah, and you come near him only to discover how impure you are, how much you fall short. You have a decision to make because the spear has cut through you. Are you going to let cause it, allow it to be the cause of your fall? Or are you going to humble yourself before him, acknowledge your need for him, and rise up? 
You see, that's the choice that every person has when they encounter Jesus Christ. He cuts through, and you either have the opportunity with the revelation of realizing, I am a sinner, I am in need of a Savior, I'm in need of work that I cannot accomplish, that if you come to that revelation and you respond by saying, I don't like to see that I'm in need of anyone. I'm not liking seeing that, that somebody else has to work on my behalf. And you reject it, anger becomes the norm. And of course, you would begin to speak against that which revealed the truth of your heart. But others came to Jesus. The same revelations happen of their heart where they are seen for being sinners in need of a Savior. But the difference is, is they, they realize that I need what this man has. They took the revelation of their heart. They confessed it. They said, Lord, fix me. Fix me so that I can have life. And as a result, Jesus pulls them to their feet. And they have peace where there wasn't any. They find that peace is something that they can only find that God has to offer through His Son, Jesus. And true to what is being stated by Simeon is that, yes, that peace will not come cheaply. It will come at a cost. Jesus will pay the ultimate price so that you and I would have the means for peace. He gave his whole life upon a cross that was not due him so that you and I may have that peace. But it reveals our heart and our need for it. So we confess, Lord, I need you. That's a lot to give to a mother of an infant child. But it was given to her in that moment, 40 days after his birth, a revelation that she probably did not expect, but yet lined up with all the prophecies that she had learned since she was young. So the question becomes, with the revelation of the Christ child that we're here to worship, do you allow it to become something that you speak against? Because with the revelation of your heart... You become angry because you want to resist the work he wants to do in you. Or do you receive and acknowledge your need for Jesus Christ and the peace that he has to offer? The difference will be whether you fall or whether you rise based on your, your submission to him. You see, Jesus wants you to have peace. He wants you to be reconciled before God. And that only comes through him. So speak against him if you wish, but know that it leads to your fall. But if you bend the knee before him, he'll be the one to lift you tall. Let's pray. Jesus, you are the amazing Messiah. The stories that, that we were able to now be able to understand all those prophecies that were speaking of your life, we now can see in true color. We can see it through your life. We see it in the text, how you line up, and, and, and all those that were trying to understand what your life would become, we now can look back and see all that it is. We're so thankful that you are the light of the world, that it can expose and reveal our hearts so that we can realize that we need a Savior. I ask that in this moment, that the, with the light of the candles, that it will reveal and touch our spirit to reveal the idea that we are in need of that revelation of our heart, to be seeing that we are in need of a Savior. So Jesus, make the light of this room 
pierce our hearts so that we can rise and receive peace from you. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. As part of the tradition of Christendom, we light candles on this special night. It's, a me it's meant to be a remembrance of the fact that light came into the world and is not to be hidden. And so as we light these candles in the room, realize that this is the light of the world we're speaking about, Jesus, revealing the need for him. As we do this, I would ask that if your kindle, candle is lit, you keep it straight up and down. For those of you that are lighting your candles, you come in from the side, and then we can have a safe candle lighting during this time. We would like to be able to worship here next Sunday, and so your uh, re response to that will be greatly appreciated. And so please enjoy this time as a family as we light our candles to acknowledge the light of Christ.